1: we have a very interesting guest uh, for you this week and it's someone who I quote unquote met uh, via Netflix of all places you get that one right so I was uh, I love documentaries and I was scanning around looking for a new documentary to watch and this was I want to say November December of last year time frame of, of 2020 and I found this documentary called Saving Capitalism um, for those of you who may have seen it Robert Reich is the is the main person in the documentary. But a person who was in the documentary really resonated with me. And so I I found her on LinkedIn. I connected with her. And I asked her, I said, gosh, i got to have you on the show. So this week's guest is none other than Annie Presley. Again, she she was in the Netflix show Saving Capitalism. She's the co-author of the Read This series of guided journals, including the award-winning Read This When I'm Dead. We're going to ask her about that later. Interesting title. And she's the author of the Sam series of books for early readers. So without further ado, Annie, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, thanks for having me, Mr. Biz.
1: Absolutely. So uh, that's the sort of the backstory there. Uh, so let's just, let's dive right in and get started with, you, you have a very interesting background. And so tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey.
2: Goodness, I started as a youngster working hard, mowing lawns, throwing papers, doing stuff like that. And I just always loved having an extra buck in my pocket. And I learned how much freedom and independence it gave me to be able to do and buy whatever I wanted, even before I could drive a car. But I always had the coolest bike and I always had the coolest stuff because it's what money bought you. And I just learned to work at a very early age and I basically never stopped.
1: Right. And so it's so interesting. So I, I mowed lawns and I, I was a newspaper delivery boy too, which is funny when I mentioned it on the show, Annie... I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there are like newspapers right. delivered newspapers. What the heck is that?
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur and um, I pursued a career that that gave me that opportunity. And I, I, I oftentimes suggest to people who talk, want to talk about entrepreneurialism to be sure and keep their option to open, always be looking for opportunity, because if you have options, then decisions are, are far easier to make. And um, I had an opportunity pretty early in my career to start a business that did not exist in my hometown of Kansas City. And um, I I jumped at the opportunity and was able to build the first independent paralegal agency. And from me doing all the work to 28 employees in about six years, and I sold that company. And I, I was just about 30 years old. So that was a pretty great start for me, and I just have continued along that path, seeking opportunities, evaluating my options, and doing pretty much whatever I wanted to do that I could, you know, make it work. So it's been a great career.
1: Yeah, interesting, so, and I know you touched on some of this in, in, the, in the documentary on Netflix, Saving Capitalism, but, uh, so what did you do from there? So you sell your, you exit your first business at the age of 30, obviously very successful. You had to be on cloud nine at that point, thinking like, hey, I'm doing pretty well here, especially from humble beginnings, as as you mentioned in the documentary. So where did you go from there?
2: Yeah, I was pretty proud to be an American that day. It was awesome. Well, interestingly, my husband and I were going to start our family, and he got hit by a car as a pedestrian. And that wrecked those plans, and I went back to work. Um, And I ended up starting a um, fundraising company because I had been volunteering in politics as a fundraiser. And I also enjoyed nonprofits. And so I decided to go ahead and just start a fundraising company and combine politics with nonprofits. And that turned out to be a very, very successful agency as well. Um, I didn't have nearly as many employees, but didn't need that many. We had about 12 or 15 at the height of that company and did all kinds of really amazing projects for um, businesses and nonprofits all over the Midwest. It was very, very fascinating.
1: So interesting how um how deep into politics did you get with that that type of role in in that type of company?
2: Gosh, I ended up well, I started as a volunteer in high school, and by the time I was nearly forty, I was the deputy finance director for George w's uh, two thousand campaign for president. so i I went to the show, as they say. And um, we raised money all over the country and had a successful campaign, as you know, and uh, that was pretty exciting. It was very, very difficult. It's a hard, hard job, complicated, high pressure, and um, really just great when I look back on it. I I volunteered for the reelect in 2004 because I didn't want to do the work anymore. I just wanted to volunteer and I had my company up and going again. So it worked out beautifully.
1: And then from there, where did you go? I think you had, you you started another business or two after that, right?
2: Oh, right. So then I decided, a friend and I decided we wanted to write a book called Read This When I'm Dead. And um, because there's so much control over content and what the cover looks like, we decided to start our own publishing company. So we did that and we wrote the book and then we wrote three more books in that Read This series. And now it's publishing my children's books and i'm on the third one of those so that's been a successful company as well although i wouldn't recommend it if you really want to make a lot of money because <laughs> <laughs> there's not a ton of money in books
1: yeah well it's interesting you say that because i've got uh, a couple best selling books myself and you know people just i think when they you know hear that you're an author and then hear that you know you're you're a best selling author like i think they think of like harry potter and things like that like oh my gosh you must be making a million dollars from these books and it's like you know, I, I, I self-published, but I distrib- uh, dis- distribute through Amazon, which as I'm sure you're well aware, I mean, they take a large chunk in royalties, uh, which is fine. I didn't write the books. I mean, it's a, it's a minor revenue stream for me, not major, but um, I didn't write them for that reason. Um, I wrote them for you know, many other reasons, which I'm sure you will you as well. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more um, in the second segment about your publishing business and writing book. And then for the listeners out there, so we're going to talk so you can hear, annie has got all kind of great experience. We're going to talk to her because of what she's been doing now for the last several years, being a publisher and an author. Of She's going to give us some tips for those of you out there that have been thinking, gosh, I have a book in me. I'd really like to write a book, but I don't even know where to start. She is going to give us some tips on for those thinking of writing a book, some tips. Where do we even start? What are some things we should watch out for? Should you self-publish? Should you try to find uh, a publisher? Like, how should you go about that? So we're going to talk through that in the third segment. Before we get to that, though, Annie, I got a question for you. Sure. With all of your vast experience, looking back now, what advice would you give to your 25-year-old self?
2: Be true to your own life. I have counseled many, many classes and different given different opportunities to talk to young people. And you have to know your own truth. You have to believe I never worked for a politician I didn't agree with or I didn't like their policies. I never worked for a nonprofit that I didn't agree with or I didn't like their policies. I was able to sleep at night. I was able to get up in the morning and tackle my work with a clear head and a happy heart. And I I can't stress enough how important it is to know your own truth and be where you need to be so that you don't have to question or second guess any activity that you take on as a result.
1: I love that. And I can tell your passion, not only by the way you said it, Annie, but I barely got the last word of my question out and you are already answering me. Like that was right there, right? It's obvious it's a very, uh, very passionate for you. And I think it's great advice as well. We're going to hit a break here, guys. Come back after the break. We're talking with Annie Presley of booksbyace.com. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Mr. Biz Radio. Did you know our show airs seven days a week for more than 30 hours now? If you are in the B2B space and would like to reach thousands of business owners every week, including our more than 250,000 social media followers, our thousands of daily internet radio listeners, our email list fans, and Mr. Biz Solutions members, email us at info at mrbizsolutions.com to become a sponsor. Tap into Mr. Biz Nation to help grow your business.
0: Check out both of Mr. Biz's national best-selling books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All
1: right, welcome back to
0: the show. Speaking of cash flow,
1: business owners out there, do you lack the cash flow needed to expand your business, but maybe you don't meet the qualifications of a traditional bank? Well, if so, I would recommend considering invoice financing with a company like Porter Capital. They can help you get the working capital you need when you need it. And, and many times, it's as little as 24 hours. To find out more, visit portercap.com forward slash Mr. Biz. That's portercap.com forward slash Mr. Biz to apply to have a meeting and discuss how they can help you with your cash flow. All right, it's time for the Mr. Biz tip of the week. This week's tip is a quote. You guys have heard me mention this guy uh, many times on the show before, if you are a loyal listener. Uh, Mr. Jesse Itzler, big fan of his. And it's a very short one, but simple. Uh, don't negotiate your goals. And what I love about that is, you know, it's, it's you know, again, I'm not a big Star Wars person. Another one of my favorite quotes is do or do not. There is no try Yoda, right? When you commit to a goal, don't negotiate it. Don't give yourself a plan B. Don't lean back and say, well, we'll try to do this. One. Don't try to do anything. Commit to something and make it happen. Don't negotiate. Don't give yourself an out. Commit to a goal and make it happen. All right. That was the Mr. Biz tip of the week. Let's get back into talking with this week's guest, Miss Annie, Mrs. Annie Presley. Sorry about that. Um, so you can find out more about her specifically at AnniePresleyGuru, Or, as I mentioned right before the break, to find out more about uh, the books and publishing, go to BooksByAce.com. Um, and you can follow uh, them on Facebook and YouTube. They have a YouTube channel. And you can go to ReadThisGuru to follow her there and find out more about what she's go- doing so, Annie, let's get dive back into this. Tell us more about how so you transitioned, as you mentioned during the, in the first segment, into publishing and being an author. How did you do that? How did, what did that look like?
2: Well, a friend and I were working at my company, and I was kind of winding it down. I was preparing to retire from the nonstop crazy fundraising. Professional fundraising is really fun and crazy. And we were winding that down, and um, she was called away to tell her mother goodbye at her bedside. And we were sad. And she came back the next day and her mother lived. Yay. And she had this huge notebook full of stuff that they had compiled over the course of many, many years. Her mom lives with a um, terrible disease and they have expected her to die now about 10 times. She's more than a nine life cat. Um, And I was really curious about this notebook because my mother died when I was a child. And we didn't have any information about her or from her in her handwriting. We never found the savings account. We never found the life insurance. We didn't know where the dog went to the vet. I mean, we just we were little kids. Our dad was gone and we just didn't know anything. And I've all I had always had on my heart to write a book that would help people capture this information for their people before they were gone. And so Chrissy had some of it already compiled with her mom and I had in my heart and on my brain, some portions that I wanted. And so we decided to write, read this when I'm dead and you fill it out. We prompt with questions, which is the goal of a guided journal. You fill it out and you tell your story, tell about yourself. And then you tell about your stuff And that includes documents and important things, but it also includes things like who gets your uh, collectibles and your favorite items. Mm -hmm. And then finally, you finish the last section, which is your fabulous funeral. And you tell all about what you want. Um, One of my memories is standing in front of a mother's closet with my baby sister on my hip and didn't know if she would want to be buried in her blue dress or cowboy boots, or we just didn't know. Mm -hmm. And it's that kind of stuff that we just, this book helps people tell about themselves and what they want so that their people left behind don't have to struggle through it.
1: I I mean, honestly, I think it's a fantastic idea because, you know, I've had that scenario play out uh, within my own family as well, unfortunately. And, you know, first of all, I think it serves two purposes. So first of all, you once you're deceased, you can have things the way you want, right? As you you mentioned your funeral, et cetera. But I think more importantly, those that are left behind that are already grieving your loss, it makes it much easier for them. They don't, as you mentioned, they don't have to guess how you want to be buried and all that stuff. And more importantly, again, they can pick up the pieces. They'll know about the life insurance and the bank account. And, you know, like you said, where the pet goes to the vet and all those sorts of things that, you know, just we take for granted in everyday life, but man imagine you know again as you did you had to live through it of losing someone close to you you're already grieving you're really upset and now you have to try to figure out all these other moving parts i can't even imagine uh, well actually i can't imagine because again we've we've unfortunately gone through it in our family as well so i think it's a fantastic idea and i could see you know why it was uh, an award-winning uh journal
2: yes it's been very very popular and we have found that um Financial advisors like to buy them in bulk and give them to their clients to encourage them to fill them out. Private banks, do, bankers do the same thing. There's been a real hunger for this information on the professional side to encourage people to do it on the personal side so that everybody in the game will, will get the information they need to have, you know, a safe and happy conclusion. So it has been very, very rewarding.
1: Excellent. And so now you've uh, branched out and you're working, you're almost completed your third in a uh, series for early readers, correct? The same series, is that correct?
2: Same series. So in the Read This one I'm Dead, we did this, read this on your anniversary, which you fill out every year, about four pages about, you know, what you did and what's working and what's not working. And then we did a birthday book. that adult fills out for a little kid every year on their birthday and you tell about their friends and their goals and their uh, what they want to be when they grow up and on their 21st birthday you give it to them all filled out and then the most recent one is read this about my house which tends to be your single biggest asset Mm -hmm. and it you track maintenance and changes renovations any kind of information that you know you just want to put have at your fingertips And that series has been very successful for a different number of reasons. The children's book is about the older black mutt. My husband and I adopted with his stepchildren, with his children who are my stepchildren. And um, these are the dogs that get put down most often because they are seldom actually adopted. So older black mutts. And um, it's just a sweet story about Sam and how Sam brought our family together We got him when he was five and he was sad and lonely at the shelter. And it just tells the story about how to adopt a dog. And then each book in the series will be some other thing that some other adventure that we go on with Sam. So Sam goes shopping. Sam goes on an airplane. He goes to the vet. He goes to the kennel. He has a birthday party. All these different adventures will be books in this series. Um, So it's it's very cute and fun.
1: That's interesting. I may have to, uh, I may have to uh, tap into that series. We, we just recently adopted, not adopted, but um, we got a, a, it's a, he's a puppy. He's not a rescue, but we, uh, it might be good for our 10 year old to go through that series because we're, she's never had a dog before. So she's exactly. going through all these things as well. So it was probably very interesting for her again, this week, we're talking with Annie Presley. So you can find out more about her specifically at AnniePresleyGuru or about some of the books that she's mentioning, you can go to booksbyace.com. We're going to hit a break here coming up. And as I mentioned before, she's going to talk to us about that. She's been an author. She's done all these things in her career and now is also a publisher. So she's going to tell us, you know, if you're thinking about a book, if you have a book in you and got, you you say, gosh, I don't even know where to start. What, what should I do? What are the things I should, the, some of the pitfalls and you know, uh, in inevitable bumps in the road I should watch out for? She's going to help us navigate through that process and give us some tips for those who are wanting to write a book. So come back after the break on Mr. Biz Radio with Annie Presley, and who, by the way, is the star of Saving Capitalism
0: on Netflix. (laughs) Are you ready to automate your business? Automation is the key to scaling a business and building wealth. It's also one of the most difficult things for a small business owner to do on their own. If you're looking for help with automation, Pulse Technology CRM can help. We have an exclusive offer for Mr. Biz Nation. We will build everything for free, even if it's a sophisticated funnel. Visit ThePulseSpot.com forward slash MrBiz for this exclusive offer.
1: If you find listening to Mr. Biz Radio is helpful, imagine having live access to not only Mr. Biz, but also five other trusted business experts. It's true. You can have live access to your very own CFO, plus a business attorney, a website and digital marketing expert, a sales and growth guru, a financing professional, and a customer experience master. Visit MrBizSolutions.com to learn more. Join MrBizNation at MrBizSolutions.com.
0: To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz.
1: All right, welcome back to the show. Business owners out there, especially given the pandemic and some of the economic difficulties that other businesses and some of your your customers may be in, are you tired of waiting 60 plus days sometimes for customers to pay invoices? If so, invoice financing through Porter Capital can provide cash flow help in as little as 24 hours. To get the working capital you need when you need it, visit portercap.com forward slash mr biz to apply for a free quote today. All right. The moment we've all been waiting for, Annie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I, I look, I wish I would have talked to you, you know, a few years ago before I wrote my first book because, man, I, I I made so many different mistakes and I made it so much more difficult. The second one was so much easier than the first, but uh, I'm still learning, obviously. So give us um, some of your tips for those thinking about writing a book.
2: Well, first of all, I say do it. Regardless of where you are in life, you need to start. And the easiest way to start is just to get a notebook or a, um, an open document on your computer, someplace where you're comfortable writing, and, and just start jotting down some ideas. There are lots of different techniques that all kinds of authors have recommended. And if you just Google, for example, J.K. Rowling, who wrote Harry Potter, um, her method of, of fleshing out her books. It's fascinating the way she has just this mess of names and lines all over a single sheet of paper. And it actually follows each character through the book. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. I actually use post-it notes when I get thoughts on perhaps a chapter And I just put post-it notes on the wall and I just keep moving around the idea until it fits somewhere. And then you can actually start writing. As to a topic, I would write either what's on your heart, something that is very important to you or something that you do want to know more about. Or if you have just a curiosity about a single topic or a couple of topics that you hunger to do some research on, Go ahead and choose that, but just choose and and get started. And I have a very specific how-to platform that we use, and we actually do a live webinar on it or a Zoom for audiences. And it it does kind of go step by step. And then you just have, like, the next thing you do is decide whether or not you want an agent. If you want to self-publish, which has gotten easier and easier, how you might want to market it? Do you want to just give them to your family and friends, or do you want to become J.K. Rowling? You have to kind of sluice out where you want to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk a little bit about that. So, self-publishing versus having a publisher. If you would talk through some of the some of the challenges, the trials and tribulations that that are with both sides of that.
2: Well, it, it's interesting. It's about control, truly. So if you're lucky enough to find an agent, an agent can hook you up with a publishing house. It's, it's a very traditional model that everyone kind of sort of understands. It too has changed where uh, you have less and less input once you sign up with the agent and the agent gets you into a publishing arrangement. We chose to self-publish because we wanted to control the contents of the books and we wanted it particularly to control the title and the cover art. So Read This When I'm Dead was our first. And when we shopped it around to a handful of publishers and a handful of agents, people we just knew and people who recommended us to visit with them, they scoffed at our title. And interesting, the title Read This When I'm Dead is in a column. And dead, the word dead is actually underground, very tasteful it's very happy it's a wonderfully happy book you know getting your stuff together for your loved ones but that nobody seemed to like it and we thought yeah but you don't get it and so we just did it ourselves and it turned out to be the right decision for us.
1: Well that's true Entrepreneurialism right there yeah <laughs> right you, you know you you guys had a you guys had an idea you had a passion behind it and you believed in your idea and you weren't willing to take take no for an answer.
2: That's true, and we actually have gone all over the country doing book talks with the Dead Book, and as a result, we were able to continue publishing additional books in that series, and it has been very, very encouraging. And that the series is basically about the four most important elements in any person's life, and that would include marriage, children, home ownership, and retirement. I mean, it's it's that in in a capsule, and so as we traveled around and were able to have enough money to make the next book. We went ahead and just did it and they, they have done well. It's been interesting, but don't do it. If you want to do it for the money, you just have to do it because it's on your heart.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, as we talked about a little bit before, I think, um, you know, not to say that there aren't people that can do it, but I think, you know, it's, it's few and far between no matter how great your book is, no matter how popular your book is, you know, I used it to to be able to reach folks in a different way to deliver my some of my expertise in a different manner. As I found, and I'm sure you would agree with this, Annie, everyone learns in different ways. Some people are audio learners, some people like to read, some people wanna you know, watch a video, uh, especially in today's day and age. Um, but so it, it was another method for me to get some of my thoughts out and, and be able to help and reach more people. So I have, you know, obviously Mr. Biz Radio, so I, I can reach people that way. The books were just another way to do that. And so you know, and I, I use them. I pass out my books pretty freely. Honestly, I mean, I'll, I'll send them out to. I'll meet with a prospective client, and I'll send them a, a signed copy of the book and say, "Hey, you know, I think this. You know, regardless if we do business or not, I think this would be helpful for you in the future." That type of thing. So it's almost like a calling card. I mean, I think, um, especially if you're a business owner out there, you're a, a quote-unquote influencer, or someone like that. I, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you how important it is to write a book and capture some of your expertise. And I think. The advice that Annie gave is great, not only to just do it, right? You got to start, stop trying to wait for the perfect moment. That's one of the the pitfalls of being an entrepreneur sometimes is you're trying to wait for the perfect moment and you just got to go and do it and adjust along the way as she outlined. But, you know, think of something that's on your heart or you're curious about. I think that's great advice because either one of those methods, you're going to have passion behind it and that's going to come through in your writing.
2: It is, and it—you'll it, be surprised how elevating it is for your own emotion and for others who you talk with and say, "Oh, I keep thinking I'm going to get started, and I never do." And the fact that you've actually started is so encouraging to yourself and to others, and it's just sort of a new element of life. But you're smart to have used yours as a calling card. We do that to a certain extent, but we. Um, we don't give away very many books, mostly just to get people to uh, you know, go ahead and buy them so we can get out and tell our story. Because once we start telling our story, it encourages people to fill out the books, which is what we're really after. Mm-hmm. That's our bigger goal. And just a note to self, the average number of books sold by self-published authors is 72. So once you get through your friends and your family members, and they've all bought the book, then you're on your own, and that's the real trick of it. If you if you really want to make a big deal out of it, is the marketing of the book after you've you know sold it to your closest pals.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. So if you don't go the historically traditional route of having uh, you know a, a, a you know traditional publisher and things like that, if you're going to self-publish, if you're not willing to put in the sweat equity to to, to promote your book in many different ways, you can do that gosh, you got you to gotta find someone who can help you do that because you don't want to waste all the efforts that you put into creating that book either. So I think that's really important. I would encourage everyone, first of all, go out to anniepresley.guru to find out more about Annie specifically, but also go out to booksbyace.com and uh, follow them on Facebook and YouTube. Read This Guru uh, is their YouTube channel and Facebook page. Follow them out there. Annie, I, I it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I'm really thankful and grateful that you came on.
2: Well, thank you so much for the invitation. I'm delighted to visit with you and I hope that we stay in touch.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Anyone who has the spunk to give Robert Rice the business like you did on Saving Capitalism on Netflix, again, I'll I'll throw that out as a tease for everyone to go (laughs) watch the show. It's a fantastic (laughs) show. Um, And so great, great stuff there. Uh, Listen, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks to our show sponsor, Quarter Capital. Have a great week. And as always, don't forget, cash flow is king
0: this has been mr biz radio to learn how to become part of mr biz nation visit mrbizsolutions.com for access to free weekly content subscribe to the mr biz youtube channel and follow him on facebook linkedin instagram and twitter to listen to archive shows you can find them on the mr biz solutions website